So this regular meeting, December 15, 2023, the Kirkland Park Board is called to order. Recording secretary, please call Lisa here when I say your name. Uh, board member Amy Ambrosini. Here. Board member Tara Bobriang. Here. Board member Tammy Cohen. Here. Board member Catherine Tierney. Here. Board member Roshan Parikh. Here. Board member Crystal Timpson. Here. Vice chair Tessa Hansen. Here. And chair Mike Holland. Here. So a quorum is present. Uh, so the next topic is items from the audience. Do we have any um, anybody uh, online that would like to talk? No, we're not live. And they have the old link to go to Coda. Okay. We do not publish the online side of things. Since the audience is closed, move on to item four. Item four, um, will be September 13th, 2023 minutes. Uh, draft has been distributed in your board packet. Are there any corrections or amendments to the minutes? I was not present, I know. Present. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, so, since we're changing, changing the minutes um, that have been presented. Need a motion to make that change. So moved. And we need a second. And then I'm going to call for a vote. All in favor of making that change. Uh, signify by saying aye. 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 Any days? Happy to bring that up. Uh, that that motion is approved, and the minutes will be changed like that. Anything else in the in the, um, the minutes? Okay. Moving to item five, business items. Uh, and we're now um, the first item is Plaza of Champions nomination. And John, you have offered to walk us through this process. Yeah, real quick. So they're failed to do some competing in the meeting, which two minutes in. Restrooms are right down that hallway there. Bring it down out there in case anyone. Positive Champions nomination. We haven't had any of Positive Champions nomination in a few years. The last one we had before this one was in January of, well, Park Board addressed it in January of 2021. So we probably received it in the fall of 2020. Uh, uh, I think it's a Park Board. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, So I'm going to walk you through the history of the Plaza Champions, kind of walk through the nomination real quickly. I'm going to explain why Park Board is seeing this nomination um, and then open it up for discussion. Um, essentially, at the end of the day, Park Board makes a recommendation to City Council on Plaza Champions nominees, um, and then City Council will make the final decision. So whether you say yay or nay, this person or this group should be inducted or not, ultimately Council does make that final decision. 
pending your recommendation, pending when I get that to council. Uh, if there were, were to be inducted, that would, that would be a ceremony sometime next year. The Plaza Champions, if you aren't aware, was created in 1988. Um, it's located in Marina Park. It's actually in the parking lot of uh, the park down there. Um, it's a, a concrete ring that's got a bunch of plaques in there that actually blew them off for a lot of growth down the road. Um, and the intent of the Plaza Champions was to recognize the, the pinnacle of achievement in any field within the Kirkland community. Uh, it wasn't specifically sports related or it wasn't anything like that. Um, it was that. And that's probably 24 at this point, because I probably didn't There are um, a few few different criteria that I'll walk through and explain why um, I deemed them this group qualified. Um, there's level achievement, identity with Kirkland, significance of their achievement, and then just historical context and background. Uh, the level of achievement, um, or, so we are talking, or past inductees include golfers, uh, the Hot Dog USA rope skipping team, which is one of my favorites. That's why I always pick that oh, yeah. one. Uh, just the name, like one is Jump Rope Group and two, they're the Hot Dogs. Uh, pretty sweet. Uh, they were the champions too. Yeah. Um, so that's just a few of them. There's 24. And those are included in your packet. We are here to discuss the Snow King Hockey 16U Tier 2 Girls Team, which won the 2023 um, National Championship um, this past spring. I think it was held in Southern California. Um, so going through the different criteria um, of the Plaza Champions, criteria one, level of achievement. Um, winning a national championship is pretty obvious or pretty, pretty evident, a top achievement. Just for, for reference, the previous nominee was, it doesn't have to be the top, 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 best of the world ever. Uh, the previous person was, he received a bunch of uh, military accommodations. Uh, always been able to As winning a national championship, I knew they met that criteria pretty easily. Uh, the second criteria being identity with Kirkland was the one where they're on the fence a little bit. Uh, the organization is based on Kirkland. However, as you saw in the packet, none of the, uh, participants on the team were based in Kirkland. Um, but I deemed it worthy of at least having a conversation. Uh, I wanted to let Park Board weigh in on that. I didn't want to be the arbiter of what counts as Kirkland identity or not, because the organization is based in Kirkland. Um, the significance of the achievement, um, that meaning the, uh, I deemed that they met that qualification based on the peers recognized the achievement as outstanding. You know, the national championship being a pretty high level um, to achieve in any sport, um, winning your league is often difficult. So um, that is a recognized thing, and it's not just like, oh, they're pretty good. Um, so that's why we picked why I picked them. Um, and then the the history requirement section is they have to provide um, historical uh, written narrative supporting them, which they did provide. So I concluded that they did meet those criteria, uh, albeit the identity of Kirkland one is. The most questionable one, uh, but I wanted—I didn't want to be the decider of that. So, uh, so with that, I think that's all I got. I'm going to open it. I'm going to turn it over to you all for questions or discussion. Uh, whether or not you think the—do you recommend the Snow King hockey team be inducted into the Kirkland Hockey Team? Who nominated? Someone in their organization. 
So the nomination process, one thing I didn't like I heard you mention, it's just an open nomination process. You can nominate something tomorrow. Put that on the next agenda. There is no annual call for nominations or, or time period where nominations are required to come in. Mostly because we haven't gotten a ton. I think if we started getting 20 nominations a month, that was becoming overwhelming. We probably would try and call that down to one week once a year or twice a year. Uh, but being that we've gotten one in the last three years, I don't think it's, we don't need to cheat. Any other questions? Discussion? I struggle with this one just because when you look at the names of the players, none of them are from Kirkland, but the businesses. But I don't think that's a reason not, not to include them. There's plenty of space down there and they meet all the qualifications. So I guess I would recommend they go very little, almost nothing about the U16 or 62. Do we know how many we know um, I'm trying to get my hands around how many teams actually are there under this five teams they compete against state or nationally or is it just trying to understand the scope of what it is. They, they are the champions. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, if it's, was there just two teams playing for the championship or was there 12 teams? I'm just trying to understand what it is. We're, we're trying to acknowledge, trying to better understand what it is we're and I didn't see anything in the write-up. Yeah. Uh, so. The organization is 16, the rest is The answer is, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we can, so you don't have to make a recommendation tonight, also. We can come back with more if you have questions. I can go try and find out. So, and we can talk about it next month, too. Uh, can we assume that there are Kirkland residents who participate in Snow King hockey? So they have 60, they have 60 teams all together, right? So these 16 girls, this, this team of 16 and under girls. Won the championship, but would it be a better nomination to nominate Snow King Hockey Association as a Kirkland business for all they've done and the team has happened to win? So they're excellent in what they do, but not focused so much on the team. Does that make sense? Right, so then it's then it's a Kirkland business, and you're nominating because then it then it supports a whole lot more people. The, then the impact on Kirkland is much greater, right? I, I would wonder about the precedent of, of having a business. Doesn't meet 
Well, that's not our business. It can be. No, I know, but they're they meet the criteria for having a business is located here. Right. None of the athletes are. I know it's an amazing achievement, but it's also a private club. So, you know, it's like it represents a certain tier of, of the population who can afford to do private sports. I'm just thinking, you know, like there's two examples. There's the examples of the Little League baseball, yeah. um, which people still talk about, even though it's quite a while ago, that particular team winning. And then there's hot dogs, the dump rope, yeah. which also had people who are not from Kirkland on it, and the organization itself, private organization, you know, um, yeah. that it'd be hard to some Kirkland residents on those, though? There, um, there are no Kirkland residents at all on this case, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't have the history of the all the. But I have to assume that they were the program director. There was a person who was with the snooking organization, however, none of the players. Snoking hockey director. Not even specifically, not even this team's director. Or right. It appears, just to answer your question, it appears there was either six or 12 teams. Oh, okay. So it's either two divisions or they won that division and that's division two. What I'm not what I'm not understanding is I'm sorry. Is so that if the it lists that it meets the criteria because currently resides in Greater Kirkland area. Who does business? I moved I counted the business's address as resides in Kirkland. Because, then, because this it's not black and white of should count or not count. That's why I wanted to. So that's why I was wondering if the business would be nominated, right? The team is the, the team, team was who was nominated. It wasn't Snoking Hockey Organization should be in the club. The team can practice anywhere. It's not the. Yeah. I don't know if they can practice. I don't think they even anywhere. have any. Uh, just for reference, I looked at their schedule. They don't have anything in Kirkland. They actually most of their shots in Kirkland. Maybe they use the Kirkland. I don't know. Was thinking the opposite. I was thinking that snoking is, I mean, that argument has been around forever. It's one of the few facilities that are large sports oriented. It's it's actually not a very expensive facility to belong to. I don't have anything to do with that facility. It's all like well, they're the sponsor. Well, they're, the, and they're, they're the sponsor for this we know large number of teams that come up, and this is the pinnacle of the team. I mean, that's, that age. that's why I was wondering if we could nominate the business for its impact on youth in Kirkland. Like to me, that's more compelling than a team that may or may not practice here with no members of Kirkland. The business itself doesn't mean like the And then are we? How many other businesses are going to be put in there? Well, the business has a team that had a challenge. So it's, it doesn't rise because they operate, the business operates at the highest level of excellence, as demonstrated by the fact that a team 
won a national championship. And in, a different, in addition to these girls who won the championship, the business has impacted hundreds and they quantified how many youth stints they were founded, right? So they're nominated. They get it this year because they've got, you know, they can quantify, we can go back and say how many kids have run through your program. You, you put some number, a thousand kids, two thousand kids, five thousand, whatever that number is, and they've reached the highest level of youth play in 2023 when they're under 16. To me, that's more compelling than the team. I don't, I don't know that I support the team. But I could get by. Yeah, I get. I see what you're saying, but I don't think they're necessarily impacting a lot of youth in Kirkland. You know well, what I, I mean? Think it's not like the surprise. I'm sure they keep statistics, but like you know, I know a ton of kids that do ice any less if they're ice hockey. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's uh, and they do live in Kirkland, Kenmore, Bothell area, but I think. Got a bunch of, you know, positive impact on Kirkland. I mean, it's mere existence is probably one reason why I know that are ice skaters because they have a facility close by. I don't disagree, but I believe for the intent of the Plaza of Champions, <laughs> I completely agree that the business itself drives a lot of value. But in the context of nomination for Plaza of Champions. Mm -hmm. I personally don't find the team compelling due to the lack of connection with Kirkland. However, if, if we're trying to encourage applications and help to uh, maybe socialize the Plaza of Champions and keep maybe a steady stream going so there's not a five-year gap, I think there's a way that we can help frame it appropriately to help justify and meet that criteria. But as the application was submitted, I don't find the specific nomination as submitted a close enough time and the contribution to her. John has what the criteria was for hot dogs to be nominated. I would have to go back and look. Yeah. That seems like a have the criteria changed over time? So you're asking what what criteria they met. Yeah, but that seems to me as organization, where it's an organization that <clears throat> so, too. But it was one team that I remember correctly. Our files only go back to the 1996 nomination. I First organized group that became, I don't know. There's a paragraph there. 
So based on that, that they were parked for an elementary So we'll need, based on the motion and the second, we'll need a vote. A second. Anybody Kathy seconded. Kathy already seconded. More than one recommendation. Well, that motion is already done. That motion is on the table. We need to vote on that first. So let's go ahead and vote. Is, I mean, or do we there's, have a, there's a motion so you can discuss. If you want to say, I want to make it, you want to preface what you might want to make as a secondary motion uh, so people know what they're getting into before they vote on this uh this from the, the conference rules is there a discussion we've had a recommendation and a second now we now we have, have, have a discussion now there's a motion we'll, to, we'll have a vote. yes there's a motion okay. to recommend the induction into the health conference correct all right so, so let's uh, Open now for discussion. 
was just thinking that because like this, it's worthy of being forwarded to the council for their ultimate decision, just the way John could decide himself <laughs> to leave who <laughs> passed it up to us. Every city, say every city had this, this would be the one that they would apply for regard anyway to get back to get there. So, you would after one one kid or majority majority kids would have it. Yeah. The other limitation of this is there are so few ice hockey rinks in the Greater Seattle area. So I have to back and wonder with this if with it, the uh if Snowking this team was was actually inducted into the into the plaza. It's great marketing for other young young people, both girls and boys, to get engaged in sport. That's a good thing. Yeah, whatever we can do to get the kids engaged. Uh, walking with myself around the circle sometimes. I hear the same thing, but I think there's a benefit personally of uh, any, any, any acknowledgement about the city of Berkeley would be advantageous. Because that's Started out more of a negative perspective, now I've kind of shifted. Yeah. I thought all the practices were around. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was, I felt the ties with UPS. Yes, I agree. And I, I think that's what you're talking about. Where would they be recognized? Where would they have five national teams? Like if the say that hockey rink was in Renton and majority of the girls were here, I don't think we would think about it even. But somebody is here that we would yeah. think we wouldn't support it if it was in Should take a take a vote and see how we're how we're dealing about things. All right, let's start through that. Sounds like that kind of would no no further discussion. Let's take a vote. So the the motion on the table is let's see if I can get this uh, get this tanning <laughs> that the uh, did you write did you write it down? Right your motion. Uh, but I to Motion was to recommend induction, induction into the motion. 
You can add the name if you want. That was the short, I mean, the Tammy had rather a long, very, very formal. And I, but the bottom line is, should we induct uh, the should we uh, six, six uh, should we recommend induction into the plaza of champions for the 16th team? All in favor, say yes, I. Aye. One, two, three. And how many days do we have? Days and we have some people did vote. <laughs> you can do a voice vote. You can do a call vote. Do, do a call vote. Yeah, thank you. That would be. Thank Was you. there any abstentions? Two. Two. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. No abstentions. No. no. Two no's and six yeses. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, passes. Yeah, that's it's six two passes. So um, you can you can make a secondary recommendation. You're asking for nothing. No, I I've, I've talked myself around. <laughs> uh, so I think at this point, based on this motion. Park board recommends the council into into PCS that uh, the uh, Snow King 16U team should be inducted. I will coordinate with the city manager's office and. Get this on a council agenda. I'm guessing it will probably be January. Or turn around and get on the December agenda. But I will use your feedback and try and convey that as best I can. Yes. <laughs> and the, the, again, like I said, when I started out, I was like, I don't want to make that choice. And I think we all kind of circled around as a team, as the, the business. Yeah. Um, just for context, several years ago, we created a pilot program that we're still doing technically, but not really good. To allow underrepresented sports to have higher priority in their field reservation process. Uh, we don't have ice rink, so it doesn't really affect that, but like, it was to help encourage that people. I feel like this is a good way to help showcase the sport of hockey, especially a girls hockey team. Uh, that, that pilot program was to, like, it's hard to get space if you're not a Kirkland group, and then you get stuck at the bottom, so then no one will be Kirkland off the floor because you go to, go to Tacoma to practice. And so we're trying to help solve that problem of underrepresented sports. So the new baseball team couldn't come in and get priority. A non-Kirkland-based baseball organization wouldn't get priority, but a non-Kirkland-based rugby program that's not many in Kirkland might be able to get that Kirkland residence scheduling priority, but not pricing. So that program still exists to help try and encourage those underrepresented sports. I think I would consider girls hockey being kind of underrepresented sports. I don't think it's – there's no wrong answer to I would just also encourage the board to maybe like the questions that we have. I'm sure council might have some similar ones, like have a basis of knowledge and how many teams were part of the championship. I'm assuming that if there's a national championship and include the East Coast, where it's a huge sport. Um, so I'm feeling that they, you know, play a lot of levels and. That's just an assumption on my part. No, no. Well, I will let you guys know in December. Um, 
as soon as I find out. When are we going to so next on the on the item uh, business items is uh, chair and vice chair elections. So it's that time of year again. Uh, there's no discussion necessary or. More about There's no action needed from our board tonight. Uh, it is standard practice uh, in the bylaw that we elect a new chair and vice chair in December of every year. Uh, so a few years back, I started uh, putting this on the agenda in November just to get people's wheels spinning. Uh, several years ago, we did talk to all the park board members and we revisit this list. I'm just going to say, what are you looking for in a chair? What is um, what are those skills and traits? So I listed a few of those in the, in the memo. Um, uh, Mike is finishing up his first year as chair, so he is eligible for one more year. Tessa is eligible to serve as many terms as she wants as the more he gets elected to as vice chair. Uh, there is no limit on the number of terms you can serve as the vice chair. Uh, so with that, I want to see if anyone has any questions about the process. Uh, it does have to be a public vote, uh, so we can't do secret ballots or anything like that. Uh, I did list a process in the memo um, that we've used in the past where we do the vice chair nomination or election process first because oftentimes um, some of the no do the chair first. Because if you don't win, if someone wants to, the chair position doesn't get it, they may still be the vice chair. So we do the uh, we go accept nominations for the chair. Anyone nominated can speak or not. You don't have to. You can decline a nomination too. So somebody nominate you if you don't want it. Um, you can also nominate yourself. Uh, so uh, speak, we do that, and then we go through the votes. Uh, the votes can really be any way we can do all in favor of Steve, yay. Uh, or we can do a voice vote saying, we can collect nominations and we can go around and say, I vote for something. But we do have to record who is, what, what votes have. Just a comment. Um, if anybody has any questions, like what the heck does a chair do, I'd be happy to share. That's actually a good thing. We do try to meet. Uh, I try to meet with the uh, chair and vice chair a couple times a year, generally quarterly, uh, to talk about upcoming agenda items, challenges, concerns, stuff like Keep things moving forward. It's been a while. I should schedule a Oh, getting the meeting canceled. So yeah, so there's a couple of meetings outside of Park Board. If we have a park opening ceremony or a Plaza Champions uh, induction, oftentimes we might invite um, the chair or vice chair to speak um, on behalf of Park Board at those events. Um, there's not a ton of requirements outside. I think. Uh, and only here as chair. I've certainly enjoyed it. I would encourage all of you to, uh, if you're at all interested, put your ring, your hat to the ring. Sometimes we interact with council.
what are those for about my role as a role? Yes. You still want to continue one more year as chair? Uh, <laughs> yes. Get right into it. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, just I don't want to do any marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, if, if it was offered, I probably would uh, continue yeah. that way. Glad you have that. Do you have Generally, what what Gus has been doing recently, those that are on expiring trip, if you're interested and you've been showing up to meetings, they haven't been forcing you to reapply. And, um, or at least for a year. You might have to reapply, but they haven't made people. They have made people. They have, and back in the day, I think they did, but I think recently, been in good standing because they asked me for attendance records, so I sent that off. Uh -huh. And then I think it may have been a time thing, but let people just get a second term if they were interested. In I don't think council loves to interview. Yes, so because they do it all at once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Two hundreds of people apply. I think hundreds, but they do. There's a lot of boards and commissions, so they're doing. Yeah, and when I apply, they're okay. not yeah. just part of the board, but all yeah. the boards and commissions. Yeah. And they don't interview everybody. Like I think some of them, and then. Different boards and commissions have more people applying. Different, some have more specific requirements, like planning commissions, more detailed. I like parks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to discredit what you guys do, but like, there's some there's some criteria for some of those. So, uh, so I don't think you'd be in jeopardy of not getting a second term on park board. Right. Especially if you were in a yeah, so. And if you have political aspirations, you see yourself one day becoming a councilman. Historically, historically, our board chair has been a nice stepping stone into into I think Joan McBride was also on part of She's a lot of people. You talk almost like human services. Board's pitch there, very well. Get your standing stone if you have that signature. Thank you, Amy. No, no, I Okay. Uh, next item on the on the agenda is. Oh, uh, we can do park board member reports, or I can talk ballot measure. Let's do ballot measure. That's an interesting one. So I didn't have any on the agenda for ballot measure. I was telling folks earlier before uh, you guys missed this part earlier um, because the timing was not very good. When we had to get the packet put out. And when the election results were coming in, you didn't know which way it was going to go. 
and we didn't want to count our chickens and prepare one direction or jinx ourselves by preparing for the other like so. So that's why we didn't have anything formal to pack it. Um, unfortunately, as you've probably seen the results, it's not looking like it's going to pass, uh, unless they find some box of ballots, ballots that are all yes. So unfortunately, that means we're not moving forward most, with any of those service level increases that were in there. Um, the um, aquatics facility or recreation aquatic center won't be built. But there's still still opportunities. Um, the well, I don't know what the official next steps are. City Manager Triplett is speaking with the council members over the next month or so to kind of get their, take their temperature on things, get some feedback, uh, get their thoughts on potential options, um, whether it's uh, putting something, putting a smaller ballot, ballot measure out next spring uh, or next year at some point. Uh, and smaller could be scaled down facility. It could be take out all the other stuff and just have the facility. Uh, it could be um, just a pool with a bond. So there's any number of options out there that they're going to talk about and explore. Um, and so I won't say that there's no option. I think there's a good chance that something we try to do something again next year um, in kind of response to the the feedback that we received. So council's obviously trying to get some feedback. That's why I wanted to open the floor and um, just see what you guys think. Uh, if you have any thoughts about why it failed or what you're hearing from the community. And if you have any uh, thoughts on potential next steps or smaller options. No formal presentation, no, no formal questions. Just that's kind of where I'm at right now. So looking for your guys' feedback and thoughts. Well, obviously, uh, clearly, I'm disappointed. Uh, I've that only occurred, so I couldn't vote yes uh, myself. Uh, but I understand the, the reasons why people may have. So I, I was on the yes committee and I had, had a lot of interaction with folks. And um, I guess there's two things I would say. Um, one, there was kind of a, a context of the vote, which was there's a lot of grievance about how much taxes have gone up by like in the last two years. Um, there's a really, uh, for the ones who are really uh, opposed, even though it appeared that those would be the normal voters who would like, you know, pass a park bond. They were upset about quite a number of things that had nothing to do with the measure itself. So when I talk about context, I'm thinking about the 85th Street plan. I'm thinking about, oh, quite a number of things the city council was deemed to be important for the future of the city. And, you know, granted, my sample size are just, you know, 100 people or so that I personally talked to. Um, and they were a tough crowd. So the ones that, that were, oh yeah, no problem. I think this is great. But obviously they were in the vast minority. And you know, 40 yes to 60, no, that's a thumping. Okay, that's you're not you're never gonna get it. 39. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I rounded up to 40. Feeling so, better than it's not 60 no. You know, and the, the turnout wound up being around 38%, something in that neighborhood, right? Of eligible order. Yeah. So um, they're expecting, I think, a 43%. Yeah, the issue also, I, you know, there was someone else who was on the S committee who was a former barrister of Kwame, and, you know, he's the 
community relations guy at Future Power. They donated three thousand dollars to the campaign, and he said his experience was that voter turnout doesn't help you when you've got this kind of a margin. That you're likely to maintain the same yes to no, just that more people will vote. You know, it's we've seen that as the different results have come in. It's basically stayed the sixty forty. Yeah, yeah, and and so there was that, all that context bit of it. Um, then there was the specifics of it, right? And what was in it? And, it, you know, the, the no campaign did it very, so the yes campaign, we out fundraised, we out, we out marketed, you know, we had mailers. I think all those things were relatively ineffective given the result, right? We spent way more money, but, you know, we got this result. And what I hear back was, um, you know, we don't like the method. So the no campaign focused on a couple of things that were things, which was so-called forever tax, which I think we had a very good counter-argument to that, obviously, itself. And uh, and then it was too big. That they're, you know, they were selling something for nothing, which meetings that I had gone to or interacted with, and I tried to debunk the something for nothing approach, right? Like, what are, what are we giving away? You know, that whole discussion. It wasn't, it wasn't convincing to those who made up their mind. And so, like, at neighborhood association meetings, you know, the people who were just dead set against it, I mean, they were really firmly dead set against it. There's no, you know, where, where's the compromise? And all they wanted was, and the no campaign, they say that they want to have a facility, but they want it to be much smaller and they want to finance it. So those would be the areas of potential, um, you know, if you're trying to get a situation where we don't have a no campaign, that everyone, that the, whoever's the no, they won't be very vocal, right? It will be much smaller. If you get the ones... Like, you know, the, the party that, that defeated this time is the same party that defeated it in 2015 for other reasons. Right? It's the same reason then, too. We didn't like funding mechanism. Right, the, part, the, the, the taxing district. So, so I would but say... You, you made a comment about one of the comments was too big. The building was too big or the ballot measure itself, the cost was too big? Both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, both. And so I, I got a lot of that feedback was that, you know, this is a waste or... And, and, oh, and then the other thing was um, there was a deep lack of trust that the city could run this. And I, my retort was that both you and Lynn have had great experience with, you know, aquatic facilities. We've had this little one for, you know, 54 years or whatever. Um, I said, have a look around at the parks, you know. I know that these things are highly rated, right? And residents like them. So where does that, where does that come from? And one of the answers was, well, um, you know, they did this street slurry thing to preserve the, the <laughs> pavement and that they didn't come by quickly enough as promised to yeah. vacuum up the stuff. I said, that's got nothing to do with parks, okay? <laughs> I said, all of our stuff is very transparent. You can see the money's being spent, right? Fair to look on maintenance. Um, anyway, I made all the best arguments I could, um, but I didn't change very many people's lines, obviously. But what, what, I, what I came away with was, if you want to if you want to have a process that, that really gets to what people will vote for, you can't have this process of 45 people for nine months and a big cost to everybody, including the city. You need a better way to figure out what has an opportunity to pass. And that means you have to do market research. Like what are people, what, what's the price point at which they will accept something, right? Did you hear anything from the no people that you interacted with about the, the in addition to it being taxed annually? 
the membership fee. Yeah, that was another big deal. And, you know, the thing is that I want to emphasize was you don't have to have a membership. There's going to be a drop-in fee or some other kind of situation. But there's a lot of folks who think that if I paid to build it, why should I pay to use it? And it's like the economics of this require you to pay an incremental cost. I said, like any park program that isn't, that we don't meter, like you can go to a park. You don't have to be full Kirkland. You can go to a park. If you want to do something that's specific, like we, we have ball field fees, right? Or we have various programs. Use the pool early. Yeah, 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 you got to pay something to use it. Someone paid to build that at some point. Exactly. I said, you know, and we have to have replacement capital too for every one of these things. And so there's no difference. I said the, the biggest difference is that we're looking at, I think it was a 74% cost recovery projected. And the no side, they wanted to be like you know, a much higher number. They felt it was fair that people to use to pay for it, but that kind of go. I said how that goes against basic park system philosophy for as long as it's been a park system, which is that if we try and make it you know economically liable to for all incomes, ages, and abilities, yeah. right? And that's a very central ethos to you know our, our, our city's approach, our department's approach to do these things. Um, that also wasn't very convincing. Some people who said yes at first. Took a yard sign, then later told me you can take your yard sign. Oh no! So you know it was disappointing to have that, but I would say that the process of it, that all these forty-five people on PFAC, who ninety-two percent were in favor of some kind of deal like this, even though they didn't actually have a very clear vote at the end, from what I understand. And I wasn't in the room for PFAC. Maybe Mike might know some about this, but yeah, it's it's ineffective to do it this way. Um, because if you've got the folks in the room who were defeated it last time and told you what the red lines were this time, then they felt, you know, listening to what they said, they felt either ignored or undercut. They sat through the rest of the meeting. But they were pretty much deciding, I think, at that point that I'm not going to get anything that, that is suitable out of this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to oppose it. You know, 60% agreed with, with that approach. So um, I think that there's opportunity to think about where there could be a meeting of the minds on things. And if you can't get them, then what you have to do is you have to influence the rest of the folks who might be able to get to yes on something, right? And I, that's the thing, I know there's a lot of frustration, you know, from the folks who were on PFAC and really ran the campaign. Um, I said, there's no good to be upset at one or two people. You've got to figure out like, where's it going to be the commonality? Or you got to go around them in a way that convinces more people. And not, neither of those are really easy. I would think that the easier one actually is, in some ways, to figure out where's the, the medium, right? That you can, I mean, because of the way the law works on taxes on municipal finance, you know, there was going to be a bond. It was a city of Kirkland bond, right? It would have been issued no matter what. We were just voting on the levy portion of it. Yeah, it was and, essentially we were pulling our what we use as operating funding right. right now in the general fund, the levy would replace all that and the money that came out of the, yeah. that would free up the money for the city to bond. Right. Um, it was a good strategy from a, you know, we only need 50% plus one vote versus a 60% margin to pass the bond. So that way it was a good strategy, but because you divide it up into things, because the law tells you you have to divide it up to do it this way, that left open the, the argument that now, we're going to just be paying for this forever. Well, you're going to pay for parks forever. You're going to pay for roads forever. You're going to pay for schools and bridges and almost everything we have. And it was really a false sort of, but you couldn't get to that, right, to these folks because they were, the 
the people who are no, and especially comments that I saw like on various social media platforms that were, you know, quite vitriolic and and very firmly against. It was it was clear to me that they didn't quite see the picture of why this would be better, and really that what they were voting for or what they said would be a viable alternative would not be much different because got a 10-year life on a pump or a piece of equipment or whatever, right? You're going to be replacing that at some point. You're going to have it to... Would it would require a bond. Yeah. It would, like, yeah, yeah. And, and the last you thing... You would have to go back to more taxes in the future, regardless yeah. of the measure. That the last thing is that they were very select about, you know, what the starting point of a measurement date and, and today was, right? To say how much taxes have gone up, gone up by, like, per capita, right? Based on population. So they kind of excluded the piece where we got Finn Hill. So that made it look even worse, right? And when you gave them the reply for that, that that didn't fly. And the last thing is that um, how levies work and how they get allocated to the assessed value of properties. And I have to admit, I didn't understand this either. It took a, it's who did I talk to? Um, our financial analyst, uh, what is her name? Andrew. Andrew. Hillary. 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 Sorry. Yeah, sorry. So I had a lot of backward with Hillary who asked the question to someone else who's in charge of finance and all this. And the thing that I didn't understand, which I wish you would consider, is that when new properties come on, they don't work to lower it for the rest of the households. Those properties will come on at the assessed value of the full rate, which actually means that unless, in the first you, year. unless you adjusted the rate in the future, you would actually be able to collect a lot more. And the no campaign was really hitting on that, right? This is going to create a huge windfall. And that they're, you know, you're giving all over all this money to folks who are going to spend it willy-nilly on things. And I was trying to argue against that. But after I found out that it doesn't go in future years to reduce this, you know, the, the burden on a bigger pool of assessed values, right? Like when new properties come on, that really those properties will come on kind of retrospectively at the full range. So that, that was not. That, that's not, not a property tax. That was not apparent. Okay, that was, I don't think that's 100 percent accurate. Though. Well, from my okay. you have to ask Hillary and her boss. I thought it was a, yeah. I, was a pot. So the way I understand it, yeah. I, I explained it back in my own words to them, and they said, "Yeah, that is right." What I have, and I've, I've seen that done. And it's it's yeah. like the the city can get a one percent growth per right. year on their tax. Aside from that, so I'm, I'm going to. I'm just going to start there because everyone thinks this one percent means your taxes go up by one. It's it's a it's a right-handed equation. So right. I've never seen math on this one. So <laughs> if Kirkland has a million dollars worth of property, like say this is Kirkland or one house is worth a million dollars, we get a million dollars in taxes for this one house. The next year I divide this in half. The first year that new house will pay its taxes based on the assessed value. The second, like the next year when they roll in the new, new assessment, this. Kirkman value is $1.01 million. It goes up by 1%. That first year, you do get that growth for the new construction, but at the, the in the future, it does all balance out in the pot. It doesn't, that new construction doesn't add to the base. It doesn't also say, oh, you've got two, $2 million in properties. Now you can go up by 1% on $2 million because you added to the base. It's, it's a weird math. Okay, that's, it it that's, does add in that's, the first John, that's, that's contrary yeah. to how. Hillary and, and John, or, or, or George. George, yeah, yeah. So George reviewed all this and he sent it back. And, you know, it took me several rounds of trying to 
make my question more precise. Yeah. Okay. The, the, so the I'm just talking about that, are not but, easy to understand. No, no, but the thing is that this this point about when new properties come on, right? It doesn't automatically make it it's not a larger pool bringing down like we're gonna collect 10.8 million, right? In the first year, that would go up by one percent, right? Automatically. If the council says okay, we'll take the full one percent. The, the problem becomes when the next property comes on, that it can actually be at the full rate for that levy. Okay, so it's going to be substantially more, depending on what your growth in assessed value is, on that 0.28 per thousand assessment. Okay, and that's the part that I kept trying to understand, like, is it really that way? And finally, the answer came back. I don't know if the rest of you were, on the staff were copied on it or not, but I finally got it right. And then I sent it to a couple of people on the Yes campaign and say, hey, we got to correct ourselves, right? we got to correct the record here because this is not what I've been saying. And the Yes campaign, or the No campaign was all over it, right? They said, oh, this is how it actually works. And they have the RCW and everything. So in the ordinance where it talks about, you know, you're going to do this and this and this, and then they have this reference to an RCW. Well, that's, the, that's what was not transparent, okay? Because I would have had to look up the RCW to understand this effect. And the no campaign understood the RCW very well. And they came out and said, you are handing over just a huge sum of money. If all this development that's planned goes in, you're going to be able to collect a ton of money if they don't lower the rate to keep it at the levy. The rate automatically lowers is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying that that's not right. At least that's what I've been informed by, not being a property. I, I relied on the city's experts to tell me that. Oh, see the email you got? Just, like, just, word it to you. just so I can, like, no, absolutely. I want to make sure that we're giving the right message. Because everything I've heard is that the first year that property exists, it pays taxes based on its new assessed value mm -hmm. at whatever the rate is at that point. But when they when they reassess taxes for the following year, it just becomes a part of the bigger pool. And the city- To so only collect 10.8 million. The city, the city gets the 1% growth on that. That's, on that that's the part that's a- that's Where the wrong. city gets growth, the city generally projects about 2% increase in property taxes. At least that's what we've been projecting, which sounds contrary to the 1% growth because of all that new construction. That first year of the new construction, they pay full rate and then they get washed up in the mix. Yeah, yeah. no, but that first year business you know, can generate a lot of money. Let me jump in here. I sure. like this yeah. kind of yeah. this put the death. No, I think this, this helps explain we're going to property, tax, like property taxes are confusing in Washington. That was that but didn't help this measure pass. I want to I want to give anybody else an opportunity to yeah. address. I appreciate that feedback. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the question. And I think that Tammy, you have something you wanted to. Uh, I would say that yeah, it's it's confusing. And I spoke to people who aren't had, um, they weren't dogmatic about their no vote or their yes vote. They were just trying to absorb the information that was available to them. And the feedback I got was that it was just confusing on what they were voting. And so, of those people, half voted yes and half voted no. Well, 50 50 is better than 60 so 40. The <laughs> yeah. but, but I think that speaks to, um, and I think we had the conversation here. I know that the committee, the PFAC committee said, you know, we want to put forth this proposal. We came back and said, you know, you're mixing capital, you're putting in program. And the narrative is getting a little bit messy with what is an ongoing run rate? How is that funded? Or if you take that out and say the city should run what it's going to run and figure out that part of the budget and that the proposal is for the capital 
and the and the long term, you know, replacement costs, right? And so, um, what I heard was it was just a little complicated on what they're getting for those increase in taxes, and people didn't they didn't seem clear. And I, you know, I was so deep in it, you know, reading the stuff, like family stuff going on, but it was just a lot in. So just lack of clarification. A lot being a pool and some trails and some restaurant like that. But, so there confusing. was a capital, but then you also had running the team. Yeah, yeah. I was, had, I, I was only naming. It. So right, is it right, because right. it wasn't yeah. just one thing? It was no, all this no. Kind of I, stuff think that you think, I think it was because I don't think people understood the scope of the capital. They okay. saw a pool, and they didn't understand necessarily that it involved a whole bunch of other capital improvements. And then it also included the program pieces on an ongoing way. And I think that's complicated for a bond or a levy. Because, I, excuse me, I don't really understand. There's a levy. It's right, but, but it was it's a tax. And so people were trying to wrap their head around paying an additional tax for additional things. And then it got into the narrative it's forever tax, right? So I think it was just kind of putting. Um, the narrative was different. Yeah. I think if you work it backwards and say, what are we trying to sell? I also think that um, I thought it was interesting. So you have one board member, one one um, one council member voted no. I think having one, yeah, right. I think I think it would have been better optically to have it be unanimous. Um, so something that the entire city council. And I also think if there's all the folks that were engaged in the project, I did not, I didn't understand the restriction. I understood some of the restrictions against being able to speak as a member of the board, but I don't, I didn't really understand why a parks board can't endorse it or why, um, like I sit on the foundation and they chose. We, I was trying to miss that meeting. Remember the foundation took the Parks Foundation took a step back and said, "We're not going to put our hat in the ring and say we're all for this." So I kind of didn't understand the fence, there. and and that's just I just don't understand. Well, city staff and employees can't, as employees themselves, they're prohibited by law from. Being advocates, right? Right. Okay. So that, and I guess that, the that group is, too. No, I think the park board could make a motion that says we endorse it. Yeah. And I went out and campaigned for it, but as a person, I don't know. We were asked not to endorse it. Yeah. Um, but I think that we would have been better off having a vote that said we support this. Yeah. 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 This or you know we sent it to the council right okay. or I shouldn't say we sent it there we, we gave some feedback and said yeah go ahead and do it so like city council but they are legally allowed to vote to say yes we we support this or that measure I don't know if our board is I think there's a, like there's a reason yeah. why we didn't uh, okay. no, we uh, I think there's and that's that's one of those weird articulations the reason is because as a city we say yes we want this in theory if you want to be the note we've got unlimited resources to yeah. make that yes right. campaign so we've been throw millions of dollars for that yes campaign. That the no campaign doesn't, so it puts an unfair advantage. So that's why they really, and 
as a city, Kirkwood takes the conservative approach to everything. So I'm not saying we did anything wrong, right. but we didn't push that line very far to say, like, how far can we get with well, I mean, the yes committee had, had Jay and Penny yeah. on it. Okay. And then, so, yeah, and like there was council yeah. member for the Friday market. Yeah, uh, right, exactly. Campaigning for it. So as it did happen, but again, yeah. we voted, yeah. we don't, the last yeah. thing any of us wanted to do was get in trouble with the Get in trouble and then have to challenge the Bowser. The Bowser was successful. Exactly. Like challenge I guess for, your average, for your average yeah. person living in Central Hope, who I play Mahjong with, they were like, what did you do for the, you know, we were talking about it. excitement around it but they were asking why couldn't we just build on top of our outdoor pool why why is this like this whole big thing which actually got a lot of different questions that exact question like why couldn't we have made our outdoor pool or an in, indoor pool and I think a lot of people didn't know what else was on that like you said like the teens the teen aspect um everything else like it was literally yes or no to the pool and I also think the narrative in general, like just driving around Kirkland, seeing the no signs and also the change the council signs. And um, Tammy was saying how it wasn't a unanimous um, endorsement. I think there's definitely a narrative building against like taxes and things like that. And I also think that there just wasn't enough information or campaigning on what else was included in that ballot measure. It was really just yes or no to them. Comments. Anybody else who hasn't spoken yet? I was going to just say there were three things that um, struck me. One, I think, idea about siloed when you have you know you have forty five people who are very committed and they're going to spend so much time for that length of period to come forward that might not represent the community as a whole um, because to you know that ends up kind of this silo idea which I think is, is um, thing that happens on the west coast particularly <laughs> but um, I'm hoping that group would collect but they it's hard to get anyone to agree to 45 it's hard to get 70 yeah. people in this room to agree to the same thing yeah, um, yeah. let alone 45 people so it's, it was yeah. a tough process and then there's that part but then the other so like this idea of a broader aspect of um, community members about what to include in the next ballot would be helpful and but I do also think that it's, it'll be a hard sell to kind of explain um, the taxing when someone can come up with a um, phrase like forever tax because that is so much more easy for people to process and understand <laughs> right and I, I think people are confused about maybe double taxation even they thought maybe they were going to get a tax for a bond and for a levy, they didn't quite understand mm -hmm. that that's very complicated. The levy list, um, which is too bad Washington State has to go through that process. Um, and the other uh, part I thought was interesting is there was 
um, this kind of idea that was somehow elitist to build a pool. Um, so there was a membership fee portion, which I think was um, difficult. And um, people were complaining that somehow the city of Kirkland was um, hiding that membership fee. I think that if there hadn't been an annual membership, it actually might have been better because then people didn't have to think, well, I paid my taxes and now I'm going to have to pay $1,600 a year to swim here too. Uh, which is what I no I didn't hear anybody talk about the actual like open swim rate right or the lesson rate or that kind of stuff instead of focused on this large lump sum of annual membership if you don't qualify for any sort of aid or you know scholarship reduction and um, fees which maybe a comparison to how much residents pay to use our outdoor pool. Yeah. Versus how much they would pay to use a new, because we do pay to use our current versus how much yeah, but, but really, the relevant comparison, because this thing would have been way, way bigger than just a pool. I know, but so a, a health fund Oh, yeah, we do have to pay to use this pool. Well, I think we, we, can, we don't have the same apples, apples, but a day pass was being projected, I think. At, $12? Yeah, something very reasonable. And, and I know the day pass was well, $6. Yeah. The yes campaign on its website. The membership really price you're quoting was for a single person. Right. I had somebody say, well, uh, you know, it's a pool, but it's run by the lot. So that's, the manage is run by the Y, so that's better. Like, it's not us. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, doesn't really matter if he's running it. You still have to pay something. <laughs> the, okay. the, the no campaign was saying that this would be the no cost approach to people who don't um, want to use it. Right? Was to have that third party, which is totally false, of course. Right? Of course. Yeah, and I, I went and by, my rebuttal was there is nothing because they they didn't have to do it because they had savings. So they somehow they taxed it at some point. They did. Just didn't Absolutely. have to they did. <laughs> Didn't make bill. I do think that that was part of it too. This idea that um, Boys and Girls Club or the Y could run a pool better than the city, which I don't think the city parks department is a huge department, runs a lot of different programs. I don't think the Y necessarily runs things better or worse, but there was somehow that idea that they could run it better and less expensive because it was a private club. Just wanted to say thank you for all the work that was put in because I think the exceptional amount of work was put in. Um, I think kind of maybe to the themes of education, specifically around taxes and how to get that out, and then earlier engagement. Because I can tell you, I actually got the yes, but like three or four days after I had already sent in my yes, but like three or four days after I voted to, right? So I think it's also figuring out how do we get that earlier engagement because that some of the folks I talked to who did vote no. Um, they were like, oh, it was too confusing. They were like, I didn't understand. And they were like, yeah, and I had to go to a website. So I think it's just another tax. And so well, I think. We had two mailers, so you should have got one and then another. Uh, the city sent one mailer, and I think the yes, yeah, the yes campaign sent two mailers. And so I, I think maybe what they potentially when PFAC or like that their equivalent is going, maybe earlier that we could do to help understand because it also seemed like despite the advertisements and notifications that PFAC was ongoing, 
know, it, I didn't feel like I spoke to very many people through what feedback was and what had happened until we had association meetings where For earlier education, right, and then see what we can do to try to get people engaged earlier. And I don't disagree. I think PFAC, I mean, I would love to serve up people, but I I'm gonna make one comment and then close this item out. We'll take a short short break. Just bad Election for Prop One occurred one week after. Kirkland homeowners just paid their property taxes. If you're like me, all of our property taxes went up a whole bunch of money this year. So I think it's just bad timing. Just that was one thing. Other thing was I've heard from many, many people that's on this uh, topic of uh, the forever tax. Really played that up. But when I look at the at the um, ballot wording, that this was a, a levy multi multi lid levy that was funded this initiative, was it clear that this levy was going to be forever? People thought in their minds, "Oh, we're going to do this for twenty years till we pay off the pay off the uh, cost." Capital cost of, uh, of the uh, aquatic center and all the other items, and then this thing will go away. And then when people found out that was not the case, because the wording is not very clear, they look at the wording in the profit, the prop one ballot, it wasn't clear that that, it that, that, rate, that annual rate would be perpetual. Never going to end. So that was those are those are my comments I've received. Many, many people. Um, they found them a little bit deceptive, is the word I, I've heard from people. That's a strong word, but uh, that's, that's what I'm hearing. Didn't it say permanent levy lidless? Didn't it didn't say permanent? No. It just I don't I don't think I've never if it did, I don't remember ever seeing the word permanent. It just said it would this is the rate moving forward. Didn't say for how long. Didn't say for any. It, there were no qualifiers on how long this thing was going to be funded. So when people people saw the signs that forever tax, then they, they went and looked. They didn't understand. It was they got there was more angst than they needed to be. No campaign did a very good job of telling everyone it's going to be forever tax. So yeah. It wasn't clear in the wording. Good to know. Well, again, we had to be pretty careful with the wording yeah. because it wasn't too pay for the building. It was the, again, that's we you yeah. danced around the language yeah. a lot so to make sure it was legal. So I'm going to close this item out. We kind of beat this to death. Uh, Great feedback. If you have other thoughts or hear other thoughts from the community, please share them with us. Um, like I said, there is this isn't a done issue. I think we're going to. I'm hoping that the council will be interested in doing something else uh, next year while the information is still fresh and there's still momentum behind it to some extent 
because um, I don't want to wait eight years to try again before they do something else with the site. Right. Let's uh, let's take a five minute break and um, please stop the recording and let's go back at uh, at uh, eight twenty. Stretch your legs, whatever. Start it Hi. Great. Thank you so much. So the next item uh, in the business items area was um, Park Board Treasury Boards. Does anybody have anything they might go tell us about? With association activities and then One problem I have, I have a, I want uh, two neighborhood associations. One is inactive because they can't find anybody to actually serve as their chair or vice chair. So we've been that way for quite a few months. That's the uh, um, Everest neighborhood association. There's right now they're somewhat inactive, they're not meeting. And then the um, and I'm also on the Highlands. Um, their meeting was tonight. Yes. They do the third Wednesday. So um, they will go down. Market was tonight too. What is it? Market was tonight. Market too. was tonight, yeah. So that's uh, usually the third and fourth. Tuesday, Wednesdays of the month. That's it. Nobody has anything. We're just going to move on. Sounds good. Moving down then to uh, communications, uh, correspondence. Uh, John, you were going to talk about letter. Yeah, um, so we received a letter that was CC the park board uh, sent to council. So I emailed that to you guys directly. Did not include that in the packet. But I do want to address, uh, thanks to Sean, you recommended that you think it's a good idea. Um, Mr. Harris did raise a couple of issues uh, related to parks. Uh, we'll get to the property tax. Um, but I do want to address some of those. Uh, Wanting to Bay Park is concerned about the, there was not a ballot measure or voter uh, deal there. The city did agree to buy it at some point. It was here in back in the day. It used to be a golf course. I didn't know that. I was shocked when I learned that. I was walking. I was like, can I see I remember when it was actually being used. You can see the team box that still as a point. A few years back, we did start um, a couple iterations of happened. Treat that more as a natural. Uh, and one time it was just stop mowing, let it go completely wild. And I got a lot of negative feedback from stop doing that. We did a little more planned approach to that where we planted wildflowers and made some specific areas that are mowed and continued. Uh, and that is, we have not received the same negative feedback that we have, uh, but it is really kind of just evolving how we treat the different the parks. The parks are going to evolve over time, how we use them, how we maintain them. That one being such a natural uh, wildlife habitat, we've actually had a few different requests over the years. We've changed the name of that park to a 
Bay, Wildlife Preserve, Wild Bunny Bay, Natural. That's expensive. We've not adopted uh, a name change. But all those changes that uh, we've been making in that, that area are to really enhance the wildlife. We actually have seen a lot more different critters and different uh, birds and wildlife coming through that park. We do have a couple of uh, groups that have some trail cams up that send us photos of them. Is there signage that, that explains that? There's some. So, it could be better. Yeah. I think it has bird information. Yeah, like Autobahn. Yeah, that's more. That's a good example. Yeah. They have those big banners on the fence as you're driving by or walking by that have like eagles, or it's very obvious what they're trying to do. I think our signage at Winita Bay is pretty old. Okay. Yeah. And we do have a signage wayfinding type hmm. thing on the list at some point, if ever. Because <laughs> I walk through my thing, watch the bay all the time. A lot of the signage is about the historical um, parts of it where, you know, the golf course, the, um, so the bay, is kind of the um, cabins, and that mm -hmm. part. But um, what I do know is. This Huge job for birders oh, and yeah. photographers, and that was really nice. I'm sure, some photos that got sent uh, to the photographer that took a whole bunch of photos. That's so week. amazing. A couple bald eagles in the tree, a couple different trees. So, that's the one you base, I think. So, I think it's just a misunderstanding or a disagreement with how that park is being maintained. Um, he also mentioned Waverly Park um, and the access down to that park. And he's right, that is not a, a great access. Um, it is something that we do have on the list to address. Um, phase two of, of Waverly Beach um, was defunded to fund Dakota Lake and 132nd, any other. So, all pretty much every project got defunded to do that. But that is still on the list. Um, we've been exploring a variety of options. At some point, we will address it. So don't disagree there, but it's not as simple as oh, just add a sidewalk because it's on a hill. Carving in some stairs. I can just go dig some stairs, but that's just. I probably need 17 carpets for that. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's. Uh, I want to see if anyone had questions on either the way they did this. Well, I would just say that uh, comments about one YouTube Bay Park. So I, I've seen all I mean, from the time it was a golf course till today, right? There's been a lot of different things. Um, I would look, but certainly it looks a lot different than five years, six years ago. And I think that uh, the other thing that Mr. Harris said was that it's a fire hazard turning off the irrigation. Irrigation's been off for longer than. Well, I'm just saying that's what I read in that. Uh, certainly, the risk of fire is. Uh, I won't disagree with that. It's probably it's the best location possible because it's a fire station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once it gets going, we're just, that won't matter. The fire is not going to be evacuated. <laughs> I would say that the natural one has, you know, uh, it's. I don't know if I had it. the aesthetic of it isn't quite. If it, if it needs to be grown out a little bit more to look better, I don't know. And there's, there's, there's a lot of real small trees that they put in the hundreds of period trees. Yeah, I know. Kind of yeah. Grow and, 
do this thing. So and those meadows will take a little while to fully mature into wildflower meadows, which is uh, obvious since last year, I believe. You hope it stays wet enough. That doesn't just create a field. So much more ecologically um, better. That's not a good choice for grass or that you have to mow. And, yeah. um, and then the pollinator, having pollinator corridors is very. We did. There are some areas that are mowed, trying yeah. to preserve that open space so people could have a picnic there. It really wasn't a space that folks took. It's on a hill, so it wasn't a so if You're going to go out and have a soccer game on the hill. I think some of the problem was that it was full of balls. So when the grass was mowed, there was just balls anyway. So nobody wanted to run through your kids or roll or <laughs> anyway. So I, I actually don't like it. Great. That was the only communication. Great. Thanks. Uh, thanks, John. Next on the agenda is um, department monthly reports and um, the October reports round up. Any questions? Thoughts? I have a question about one of the one of the one of the comments on the show that three. Uh, <laughs> Tree removal from Chicker Park. Yeah, it was the Bakra trees. Those diseased, or what was going on there? Five of those trees were either dead or dying. So I can send them a four picture. We can actually see the five dead trees. In the so, yeah. To avoid them falling, project. Are they going to be replaced? With yes, eventually they'll be replaced. They may not be replaced exactly in that same spot, but we will replace those trees within the park system. We have a two to one replacement policy or more? Parks has a two to one. So if you haven't noticed, we've got parks all 100 that's using the way down area for that construction zone. They took out a whole bunch of trees and they're required, they replaced them all two to one. Yeah. Right. So the, the trees that, are, that were removed, they're the ones that are uh, along. Central, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And, and right there by Lee Johnson Field. So if you drive by right now, you'll see some stuff. We'll get those cut out and ground out. We try to do this all at once. We don't stop Well, they've been there forever and ever. They're reaching the end of their useful or their, their lifespan. Uh, they get a lot of water. I love that that field is right there. That's a lot of water for those trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that field ever gets turned into artificial turf, those trees will probably not survive. Absolutely, you're looking at me right now. That's great. Thank you. Off the list for today. It's a cool picture. You can really see how high those are. How yeah. much higher they are from the lights. We got a we got a new lift this year for ourselves. It's going to be ninety two feet. Not a way to rent this one because it's up to one hundred and fifty feet. That's that's our that's the rented lift, not the ninety two foot lift. So their lights are a good thirty feet below where they are. So we're looking at all the lights are and see how high they're. Anybody else have any other questions about the monthly reports? I always find that uh, 
it's, it's, uh, it's validating there's so much going on in our city. Uh, and this, uh, this, this report really does a great job of finding us synopsis. One other question, you can find it, I'm sorry. Um, you were going to talk about it. going to talk about meeting location. Um, so like I mentioned in December, or September, we discovered that we have to have an in-person meeting location for the public to attend meetings. We have hybrid or virtual meetings. Um, so which is when I push them to come back to in-person. Um, the reason we're meeting down here, there was a conflict upstairs. Obviously, we're meeting this week, too, because council came us out of them last week. Uh, they rescheduled the meeting. But in speaking with a few folks before the meeting, to like this room over council chambers. It conflicts. There's already a standing uh, Kirkland Alliance and Neighborhood meeting in this room on the second Wednesday of the month. Uh, third Wednesday of the month, which is today, uh, this room would be available. So I just wanted to check to see if people had a preference, if they like the second Wednesday, or if they, or if they have a preference on room, first of all, council chambers or this room uh, as a primary. What? I got to be clear with you. So, I mean, like, my normal neighborhood association meeting is this Wednesday of every, not quite every month. So I would always have a conflict with going to my, my neighborhood association meeting if it were always at this time. Third Wednesday, third Wednesday. Third Wednesday. So I'm saying second Wednesday. Second Wednesday yeah. is better for me. Yeah. Wherever it is. Yeah. And you know what? If it's virtual and you know, I don't know what the exact specifications in the law are for what the you know where they could come and attend. But if there's is it like you could just leave a terminal somewhere and they could stand there. <laughs> or does someone have to be there in person to meet them? I don't fully understand what the rule is. Okay, all right. I think. You guys, you guys can all be virtual yeah. as long as we have a spot for someone to come make public comment okay. in yeah. person. All right. Uh, so someone doesn't necessarily have to be there as, as long as it's very simple and easily. Like so, one of the concepts I had was like, I'll just turn around in like this room and just leave it going. And like, then someone's got to figure out how to manage talks. Like, so someone's going to be here regardless. The reason where I'm going is we can accommodate individual you all attending remotely much easier than attending having a true hybrid meeting where we're trying to manage uh, public comment especially in council chambers because in here there's a computer in that box and it all is in this room when we're up in council chambers there's all these different computers <laughs> it's literally logging into like three different virtual machines and having different like the, the setup of it's just insane yeah, and so, it's great i like this room yeah. this room um, does it can, can we switch the time at all like for it to be earlier, I don't know. Maybe that conflicts with people's work schedules. That's up to you all, because um, it could be this day. 
you know, for me, that just needs to be done by seven. Ten to seven. So you could also, yeah. so one other idea, it doesn't have to be a Wednesday, so be the second Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm just throwing it out there. And, and I can throw out some, I can actually look at a schedule and see what rooms are available for a variety of different days. Um, realizing that three of our neighborhood meetings for neighborhood associations right. meet on the third Wednesday right. might not be the best idea because that's really the <laughs> easiest way to get a hold of those neighborhoods. Um, and I don't want to lose three of you for every third Wednesday meeting or every other odd month of the summer. Wouldn't it Tuesdays come to the council if you guys have to be there? I was thinking the opposite weeks. So like yeah. there's first okay. and third, we would yeah. do second or fourth or something like that. So I, I what I would do is I'll send out some options. Um, as of right now, we'll continue to be second Wednesday. We'll plan on doing council chambers um, as our standard, because that's what we've always done. Well, I, think I, I, I thought you were advocating using this room uh, rather than council chambers because of the ease of uh, yes. supporting. But if we if we stick with the if we stick with our current second Wednesday, this room's already built. So second, second Tuesday, then yeah. So I'm, that's what I said. I'm going to put together some options. Uh, and send it out to you all. We can talk about it in December. Uh, we don't have to change anything. I just want to throw it out there because some people seem to like this room. Um, it isn't as formal as, as council chambers, and some people like the formality of that. I like the informal. I wouldn't mind earlier. Yes, we could be. earlier. Six, five, five thirty to seven. No. Would that right? Yeah. I think that's always an option. I'll put together some options. Yeah. 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 That was my staff update. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually fed by that, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a vote for your yeah. Does anyone have, have a vote? Start like. Start start time at like five thirty the earliest for it. I with advance notice I can be like time. Oh, I just five. Five thirty is a little too early for me. Five is better. Okay. Noon. Well, we can do nine a.m. Noon to two. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna be on my work day. Yeah. <laughs> not as easy for everyone else. It's not well, that's why we, we have early release. So. We want to make sure it works not just for this group, but potentially in the future. So, like 5 30 probably is early. I don't think committing to an hour and a half is too problematic. Sarah, Mary, do you want to talk? Do you want to do your presentation? Sure. Okay. Um, I haven't. Uh talk to you guys about CIP projects in a long time because we've been doing ballot, ballot, ballot. <laughs> so I just um, thought I'd share uh, some quick slides about all the projects um, that we have in the queue right now. And you'll see this. This is actually the same format that I uh, do a monthly CIP steering meeting with Kurt, Tri Kurt Triplett. Um, and all, all the staff to give everybody an update. So I'm going to use the same format. <clears throat> and what you see here is all the projects that are listed on the left that are currently in some phase of development. 
Um, and so you'll see, like, for 132nd, we're still in some final punch list items for that project. And that uh, primarily is the play hill and the sled that needs to get installed there. Um, the, the Marina Park, we're doing some contracting for professional services for that. And we're looking to verify that scope. I do have a slide I'll talk through what that is. Um, O.O. Denny is going to be getting a new picnic shelter, and right now that is in permitting. The Totem Lake uh, Park shade sales have finally been completed, and you see the image up there on the right. Yeah, we got like tons of great comments on social media, so that was good. And then also um, the west parking lot at Juanita Beach is complete. That's the other image there on the screen. Uh, we're also in construction of um, some some ADA corrections to the restrooms at Juanita Beach Bathhouse. I have a slide on that. And then um, Houghton Park Improvements, that's under, uh, we're still contracting for professional services. And what we're trying to do there is uh, replace the restroom building, um, but also possibly a relocating it and having some additional um, program elements. So we're doing just a 10% design for that um, to get design estimates. So we can figure out then how to fund it. Um, and then Everest Park Improvements is basically um, the, again, that's gonna be a restroom replacement. And then also, um, the playground that the, is there needs to be replaced. We walked that site, as you recall. And that would be actually through 100% design and construction. And then lastly is um, the phase two of that. We're going to break it out to phases. So first we would do the restroom, and then the second phase would be the playground and the pathways. That, so what we call that right now for the playground is in pre-design. And... When we do that, we send out an RFP, a request for proposals, and um, to get some uh, landscape architects and others on board to actually start designing that. And that's going to be pushed out to spring of 2024 when that gets released. So just a quick overview, when we're talking about Marina Park, there's some upland issues. Um, I don't know if you you've seen, but there's this undermining of the sidewalks um, in the in the horseshoe area, and um, that needs to be addressed. But also, um, there's some other minor things we're going to do in the upland, but th this, what you see, is really the primary reason why we were taking a look at the, the park. Um, the South Pier is in, um, is in, has a lot of things going on right now. Um, so the best we could do is to propose some repairs. And right now, um, all these little dots are the piers. There's 165 total. Right now, there's nine that are missing um, or have at least 50% of the cross section is missing. So it's losing its integrity. Then we have three more that have um, at least 25% of the cross section is missing. And so we were trying to propose to add three more um, for a total of 12 to extend the, the life of the pier 
for possibly up to 10 years to 15. And then there's also an opportunity to replace the decking because it is really in poor condition. Uh, it can improve ADA access and, and the light penetrating material for aquatic habitat. And then also uh, utilities, because right now there's the electric that's out there has a lot of shorts, it's poorly functioning, as well as the water. So we're trying to figure out exactly what we, we are going to do. Um, and again, this one is really struggling with funding right now. So, and then Juanita Beach bathhouse. Um, this is just a real quick uh, summary of what we're, we're correcting there at the bathhouse. The, um, and I think this drawing does a good job of it, but this is the proposed correction. What used to be here is um, four stalls. So one, two, three, four. They were all four standard stalls. We didn't have any ADA stalls in either the men's or the women's. Those are the restrooms that get shut down in the winter. We also have the uh, family style. Those are all correct. But these two um, needed uh, to have an ADA stall installed. So that's what we're doing right now. Um, and I put complete with a question mark because I don't know. It's been taking a long, long time. They were they broke it out into three contracts. Um, first, they did the panels, and then they're doing the plumbing, and then they're doing um, the actual uh, grouting and, and repair of where they changed the plumbing. So that is that one. And this is just a quick, um, when I talked about Houghton Park improvements, this is the one where we, we went on site and we talked about possibly relocating that restroom building to the where the yellow square is. But that is more than just a simple move. Um, seems simple enough, but it actually changes the program of the park significantly because then we would have an open area where the old restroom building would be and what that program would then be and then all the necessary paths and supporting structures that would need to be added if we did move the the restroom building up there so Kurt had asked for some options basically it's like for like what if, what if we just replace the same structure in a very similar location while following the shoreline restrictions option two is like for like plus um, basically, it's increasing the building size up to a thousand square feet to standard to our new, hopefully <clears throat> standardized new restroom buildings. And then the third option would be to replace the structure and move it up when, like, it's depicted on this graphic. Um, so we're contracting for that, and this is the scope is only going to go to ten percent design for all these options. Because again, we need to have those cost estimates and then start figuring out uh, the funding for that. So um, the contract is actually running and we're using a company called Schemata. And then lastly is Everest Park Improvements. Um, this one is the two phase one. We're going to do the restroom building, replace it exactly where it is. Um, and we have a budget estimate of two and a half million. 
and that the goal is to have design and permitting through 2024 and then construction late 24 into 25. And then we'll look at the playground, um, which is why we've changed the RFP to, it says here late fall, it's actually going to be uh, in the spring, like I said. And that is to replace the playground that's there, hopefully expand it, make it accessible and to add ADA pathways. So that has a budget estimate about 500,000. And I think that's the last slide. Yeah. Any questions? A lot of good stuff there. Yeah. With the Juanita Beach House, are those new ADA requirements? No. <laughs> they are new. No, it didn't. No, I was going to ask in the next time. Long story short, the family restrooms were counted as the ADA cells in right. the designer's mind, but in reality, every rest, every room has to have. So we had to add. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, is the design contract? Like, having the cover that, or is that? <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're doing a little cost sharing on it. They are, um, you know what they always say, <laughs> when you have somebody pointing a finger, you got three pointing back at you. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you um, <laughs> we all have a little ownership in it. It's always been a tough well, it came up. It came up when we did the audit for all of our parks, and this thing had just opened six months or something. And we're looking at this report, and I'm like, "What?" I mean, I had to go to. I went to the talking to the architect. He was not happy about it. We were crazy. Um, I had to go to the extent to hire a third party architect that actually reviews ADA plans yeah. and I had to call the ADA hotline three different times got the same answer nope you need it nope you need it nope you need it and I sent it to this guy he goes nope you need it so I finally had that document and shared that with the architect and they decided to finally come up with some plans to correct it Nothing's easy. No. Nothing's easy. But we're getting it fixed. So. Sarah, did you have anything? Um, you always got stuff. There's on. always stuff going on. The only thing I, I just wanted to call out, we've done a, a Light of Kirkland kind of a holiday winter festival at Juanita Beach Park the last couple of Decembers, and it's moving to Arena Park this year. Um, trying a different different location that we hope will be less soggy and a little um, lighter for people to um, enjoy. So that's on December 9th. Um, and there's all kinds of other holiday things going on, but that one's free. We have um, different um, middle school and high school choirs and bands have form. Uh, council is going to be serving hot cider and craft giveaways. And, um, and then the artist Christmas ship
Jason's in Hawaii, so he apologizes, <laughs> he apologizes for not coming. But you may have noticed the drink pumps are most are all winterized at this point, so they're not working. So that's the questions. We don't want the pipes to freeze. Um, and you will probably see some work happening at Snyder's um, here in the next month or so. Through that parking lot, so it's better. Fire just finished up all their digging and training out there. So now we are um, May I just ask you this? Gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's an This is Mitchell. He's our uh, uh, he's the that. architect from one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the one that hasn't been right. <laughs> <laughs> he should be saying, who's that lady? <laughs> um, one thing I want to note, we did talk about meeting room and location. In December, we're actually not in council chambers. Um, someone uh, beat me to the punch on getting that room reserved because you can only book those rooms. She's got a, the system only lets me book them a year in advance. So we always forget to book them. Uh, especially since we've been meeting virtually so often. Someone else had a, uh, a transportation question. Okay. So we're actually going to add this room book because neighborhood. we're in the room behind Capitol Chambers, the Rose Hill room, which does have an exit to the public to the outside. Uh, so we will be able to uh, handle and accommodate all the public comment that we get. Um, <laughs> um, and I'll, send, I'll make sure I remind that. I'll just yeah. sign a job day of. Um, really, you can get it. Please come in the side door. You can. Is this the other way to go through this room? No, it's upstairs. Oh, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, there's another, there's a Finn room back yeah. there. All of our customers are named after And room. the one that's the most annoying to me, there's a little room right there called the Lakeview room. There's a beautiful conference room upstairs that overlooks the lake. That's not the Lakeview room. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest pet peeve of the second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, so. <laughs> Well, I just think it's like, like it's, it's like the most tucked away room. Right. Actually, there's Definitely one of the back. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think I have any more comments. I think I've talked about. I have nothing, nothing to pass on. Wishing um, you all a nice Thanksgiving. We'll see you all in December. That being being said, are there any other topics or any other issues you want to raise before we adjourn the meeting? Will December be hybrid? Um, we can have we can make a virtual option. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. Any room but council chambers. Okay. Excellent. Council chambers. It's nice to have that room on. So long story. So I would like to have a meeting in person again because we can get a lot of good conversation. However, knowing that obviously travel plans and the, the flexibility that Zoom allows. We, we can obviously accommodate hybrid, but I just don't want to say public comment of it. It's difficult.
positive demand, which we can do it. The Delta Chamber is even worse. And here it'd be much easier because it's Zoom. Hey, I'm there. Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. But we just haven't figured that out yet. So, so yes, we can accommodate hybrid. Um, the normal thing. Yes, there can. So, hearing no other agenda items, adjourning the meeting. And we have three minutes for it. So, mm -hmm. that's fine. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for getting up. Traveling, safe travel. <laughs>